What's up, everybody? How are you? Uh, hopefully you are doing well. This is the day. We are recording this the day before Memorial Day. So it's a, a lovely weekend here for us. I am Caleb. I'm here with Tim. Tim. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for asking. Not everyone asks. Not everyone asks. And it's nice of you to do that, friend. You're welcome. Yeah. I uh, I have a bit of a cough, so I'm gonna. You might hear some faint coughing in the background. That's just me dying. It's fine. It's fine. That's everything's right. fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. It's just a a bit of a. I think it's allergies. I took a COVID test to make sure I was okay, and I'm Good. okay. So Good. not putting anyone at risk. But uh, Tim, updates, life. How's it going? Uh, well, as per usual, I've been working. What? Yeah. You never work. No. I'm so happy you found a job that you love. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working all weekend. Mm. I have been. And you will be probably for a while, right? Yeah. Are, are you scheduling any off time? Like uh, coming some, up? Sometime in July, I'll probably take a week. Yeah. What are you going to do? I don't know. Maybe drive somewhere? Drive somewhere. I have a friend in Canada that I may go see. Where in Canada? Edmonton. That's a long drive, buddy. Do you yeah. think maybe you should fly that instead? No. Okay. God, no. Have fun in the middle of uh, Montana. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'll go up through uh, Michigan. Oh, Michigan and then into Canada and then over? Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. How many days of a drive do you think that I is? I think only two. Nonstop, though. I, pretty much. Well. You got to stop to sleep. Yeah. I'll sleep overnight and probably drive another 14 hours. Oof. I would have to Google map it again. Yeah, that's, I mean, hey, I think that's awesome. I'm, uh, I'd am i love to go up actually to Calgary and kind of see Banff uh, and, and Canmore. Those look really pretty. Edmonton, I hear they, get, they got some oil. That's yeah. their thing. Hockey, I guess. And Connor McDavid, who's amazing to watch. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know. I haven't really talked to that person in a couple of weeks, yeah. so... That's cool. Anything, anything else fun going on? No, not really. Nothing no, fun at all. No, Nothing I'm kind of fun. really boring. I don't think you're boring. I think you are in a good routine with your life. Am I? Well, with work, you have that down. You have uh-huh. the podcast. Uh-huh. Are you still working out? No. Okay, well, never mind. It's yeah. a bad routine. I'm, yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. It is. I need to get back in the gym. Yeah. It's just when you work 10 hours, it's just like, no. You're beat. Uh-huh. Yeah. I eat dinner, and then I'm pretty much looking at bedtime. Yeah, I hear. I I've been doing running fairly well, Good. but I need to go lift weights because I'm like, you know, Caleb, you're not exactly strong as a human. <laughs> you need to probably add a bit of masculinity so that people maybe identify your gender right off the bat. <laughs> Otherwise, if I look at those feminine arms uh, right yeah. there, that woman has nice arms. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a man. It's a no, man. Never mind. Old woman. <laughs> man. <laughs> but, uh, well, right on. Life updates for me. I have just been living on the road. I've turned into a human trafficker in a way. Good. Yeah. I uh, On Friday, <laughs> I drove up to Chicago after work, got a hotel, slept terribly, probably got about four hours of sleep. Good. And then, uh, yeah, that's healthy. Yeah. I, I just, I don't sleep well anymore. It's just yeah. a problem. Uh I slept pretty good last night, but that's just due to sheer exhaustion because I drove back uh, my wife's grandfather. He mm-hmm. you know, doesn't want to fly. He's 90, so he definitely can't drive it. Right. Uh, he doesn't want to take the train, so it's like, uh, all right, who can drive there and back? I was hoping maybe you know I would do one trip and then maybe someone on my sister-in-law's side would uh, do the yeah. other. No. No. So I'm doing it all good tomorrow, driving there early tomorrow. Mm-hmm. 
drop him off in the outskirts of Chicago, and then driving back. Wolf. That's a long day. It's going to be tough. I'm not going to lie. I'm not. Uh, 13, 14 hours? No. I think it's about six there, six back. So I think it'll be 12 total. Okay. Um, you know, it, it also depends on if there's like traffic or accidents. It's really going to be the worst in like the Chicago area. Right. And with it being maybe a holiday weekend, I won't have to deal with work traffic, but I will have to do with a lot of humans living in Chicago. Yes. So that's going to like when I left Chicago in 2016, I had my van all packed up and I was ready to go by like 830 in the morning, maybe mm-hmm. nine. It was mm-hmm. quick. Mm-hmm. And I get I, I first of all, I never drove in Chicago. I didn't need a car. Right. And I'm driving a freaking minivan not a minivan a, a, a small u-haul good good yeah and i'm i'm leaving and all of a sudden I'm, i get on a, hi- a highway i still to this day don't know what highway <laughs> it was i get onto it and i'm like i'm in bumper to bumper traffic on a sunday at 9 30 in the morning chicago you have too many people what yeah. in the world yep but part of it is the flow of traffic it's coming from three directions into one area as opposed to a lot of landlocked cities where it's coming from four directions. So that kind of hurts, I think, the flow of traffic a lot of ways. Oh, okay. It's just my theory. I have no idea. I'm guessing. It makes perfect sense to the uneducated mind of mine. We'll go with it. Yeah, we will. But uh, doing that, but when I got home yesterday, I was like, well, I don't want to cut the grass on a day that I'm going to try to recover. So I cut the grass, trimmed the, trimmed the hedges, did all that landscaping stuff, and then he's... Uh, his name's Hal. Hal's like, so we getting barbecue or what? I'm like, all right, yeah, let's take you out to eat too, man. Let's go to Pappy's. <laughs> he got, he was mad because they don't have, they, you know, it's Pappy's. They're going to sell out of stuff and barbecue yep. places do, mm-hmm. especially in the evening because you have to make a certain amount. You can't go over. It just goes to waste. So they were out of ribs. They were out of pulled chicken and uh, pulled pork. He's like, what kind of place is this? I'm like, well, they have burnt ends, which is the best thing ever. <laughs> and uh, he didn't like, he didn't want that. So he, he got, he was upset over brisket, which I'm like, how can you be upset over having brisket? Right. That's stuff? my favorite. Brisket is my favorite. I agree. I love ribs too. Uh, mm-hmm. And the burnt end is my favorite cut of meat. But uh, yeah, you know. To each their own. To each their own for sure. Yeah, I will be mowing my grass sh- shortly after this. Right on. Yeah. It's a hot day for it, man. Yeah, it'll it's be gonna, okay. I agree. It's going to be worse later, but uh, I did that yesterday, and I fell asleep, and then just woke up like, where am I? Uh, oh, shoot. All right, I guess we're going to dinner now. <laughs> well, I do have my parents riding lawnmower if I need it. Nice. So I've never driven a riding lawnmower. It's like a slow go-kart. That can kill you. It sounds nice, although there's a part of my ba- backyard that couldn't be cut with that because right. of a weird slope. But besides that, I'm like, oh, that just sounds so nice. Like yeah. a nice leisurely time. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Well, mm. uh, Double or nothings tonight. We're a couple of wrestling nerds that are excited about it. Yeah, I will probably watch the beginning of it and go to bed. Good for you. I can't because I have to... Traffic a human tomorrow. Yeah, that's as fine. One an does. old man. Uh, yes. Traffic an old man. Get yeah. him back to his home in the outskirts of Chicago. But uh, I think it's going to be a really good pay-per-view. I wish I could watch it. Yeah, I think it's going to be really good, too. Do you think it's uh, worked or a shoot with MJF? I have no idea. Isn't that crazy? I, uh, If it even... <laughs> my true opinion is like, I'm just kind of done with it. Mm-hmm. Either way. 
Like yeah. you didn't show up to the fans, whether or not it was a work or a shoot. Like you don't, you don't do that. That's pretty pretty crappy overall. Uh, right. And I don't think AEW does anything like that, where they'll promote something and then not have them show up intentionally because that screws over the fans and hurts biz. Yeah. But MJF is known to really love to push the boundaries of reality versus worked. And he, this could be another one of those moments. Maybe he's working himself into a shoot. I don't know what he's doing. I, I don't know either. I know if he wants to go to the WWE, this hurts him. Maybe not. Honestly, they might just take him and say, well, if you want to come here, you have to do all of this. And if you don't do all of this, you don't get paid. You have to be on the straight and narrow. Right. And it sounds like he was negotiating with AEW in a really different sort of way. He wanted a pay raise. He probably uh-huh. deserves a pay raise. Yeah. But Tony Khan isn't going to give you a pay raise if you don't add on at least one year or two mm-hmm. years. And mm-hmm. He wouldn't do that. It's like, all right, you have to understand negotiation. If you want something, you have to give back. Yep. Even if it's one year, man. Get a small pay raise if you want out of that and to add the year. If you want a longer one, go longer. Do right. it. But he wants this bidding war thing with WWE, I, I guess. So. I guess. I It would be a bad move for him to go to WWE, I think. Because they would water down that character uh, so much. Uh-huh. And he'd have a writer. Have fun with a writer, buddy. It would be Miz 2.0. Yeah, kind of. I will say he's a better wrestler than Miz. He's more 100%. athletic. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, on the mic, I feel like it would be interesting to see MJF and Miz. Miz, though, knows the WWE system so much better, mm-hmm. so he would probably be able to play MJF pretty well. We'll see, though. We'll see. I, I'm just kind of done and over with it, really? honestly. I'm just not even interested in it. I want him to beat or war, war, war load. Ward low. Thank you. Uh, to beat him. You said and then, war load. <laughs> I, I, I can't talk. Uh, I just hope he wins, and then yeah. it's kind of just done. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. Yeah, I, I would <laughs> like to see the MJF character around a lot more, because I think he's fascinating, one of the best talkers. He is the only bad guy out there, maybe other than Miz, who wants you to hate him. Right. Unless you're in Long Island, his hometown, he, which he can't get booed at, booed in Long Island, which right. I understand. He is the most hated person in pro wrestling. I love that. I think it's an amazing goal to set, and he's done a great job with it, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm just getting tired of the um, uh, out-of-the-ring shenanigans that he keeps doing, the fans and whatnot. I don't mind him working the fans. Like There was this meet-and-greet he did where... This little kid was at it, and he was just fl- he flipped off the little <laughs> yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, and people were like, you shouldn't do that. It's so terrible. I'm like, man, kids used to have it way worse in pro Ooh, wrestling. And this is interacting with the character. And if you know it's MJF that you're going to see, you better be prepared for something like that. So I don't, I don't have a problem with him doing that stuff with the fans. Not showing up for an advertised meet and greet is very shitty. Yeah. Uh, in just one shoot interview, like where he's normal not his character because kayfabe is dead and you know but i it could be brought back it, i know you can't can. yeah i can't in, no. in care yes look what he's done uh, yeah but then you and then imagine think- if more guy, okay eddie kingston that guy lives in kayfabe it's true and there's there's guys that can do it outside of wwe wwe has doesn't care about the kayfabe no stuff. no no they don't even pay attention to it where okay the night before they said oh his ribs are broken and then he comes out <laughs> someone will come out and then be like they'll wrestle a 30-minute match after they had a 30-minute match the night before. Uh They don't care about the kayfabe stuff. 
I feel like AEW is a place where it can come back to where you don't know if things are worked or a shoot. Uh, Brian Danielson, everyone thought he had his leg broken the other night. Yeah. It was a work, and he did a great job with that. Mm-hmm. I think it can be done, and I want to see more of it. I, I, I still need the shoot stuff to happen. Why? Just, oh, you're not an asshole. I, why do you need that? Because then, oh, you're just an asshole, so I'm not going to pay attention to you. I do not care about you anymore. Ser- uh, for me... It- I'm done with MJF. Like, I do not care about his character anymore. Because Ser- he's just becoming more of an asshole, and so I'm not going to be your if fan. If you saw him live, you would boo the shit out of him. No, I wouldn't pay attention. You, I'm just over ridiculous. it. I am so over it. So, you, it sounds like you want kayfabe dead. Yeah, I do. Because then I can't be a fan. I can be a fan if you're a bad guy and boo you. Hey, that's kind of the but thing. But the problem is people don't boo bad guys. They end up cheering for them because they like them. And if you have that someone who actually does live on the edge where you don't know what they're doing, you don't see behind the character, it's way more interesting. One of the worst things I think WWE ever did was unmask Kane. Mm-hmm. He became so much less interesting as a character. Yep. We then saw, okay, yeah, it's Glenn Jacobs. We all knew, like, if you knew any, if you were paying attention to wrestling online at any point, <laughs> you knew it was Isaac Yankum. Or okay. fake, fake Diesel. Diesel whatever. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's that guy? Weird. But then they take the mask <laughs> off. You're, and for whatever reason, that killed off, made the character way less interesting and was never really main eventing after that. Occasionally, they'd throw him a bone and put him in a main event, like with a Seth Rollins, but like, he has no shot. No. He has no shot at all. Well, they they screwed that whole character up. He's disfigured and burned. Oh, it's on the inside. I use air quotes. Exactly. So that's, that's the like, kind of stu- That's why I love seeing what MJF does, where you don't know. And Eddie Kingston, I think Punk can live in that realm as well. Danielson does a great job in the ring. Moxley, he doesn't like to give out any sort of personal information. And that, I think, will help him whenever he does go heel because then people will be even more pissed off because you're like, I don't know what he's doing. What is this guy? That's, I think, it's better to have less out there for a character because then when they go heel, they're like, yeah, but he's actually a super nice guy. I can't boo Sami Zayn. He's literally one of the best humans out there. All the charity work he's done for Syria, I don't boo him. I would, I would reference Ethan Page. He is the nicest guy ever. His vlog and the stuff that he does, he's very well-liked backstage. And everyone's cheering for them now. Well, because they paired them with Sammy and Tay Conte, who yeah. suck. And now it's going to be really hard <laughs> for people to cheer or for them to boom into the year. And after this feud is over, where does Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page go? You make them faces because you're turning, exactly. you're turning Sammy and Tay heel. Right. They're turning heel, but they need to separate those it, entirely now. Yeah, the feud needs to be over. It's yeah. been long, way too long. But even like Sammy and Tay are phenomenal people. Their characters suck. Yeah, and the problem is, why does it suck? Because we all know that they're in a relationship for real. I think and it's, where it's annoying to kind of see adults act a bit teenager-y yeah. with their relationship. Yeah. So we see the reality, and we don't like that. It's... Also, what they're doing, and I don't. Like, I, I I actually think they're both incredibly talented, and they, and are. they seem like very good people. Especially Tay, with everything she does for uh, Brody Lee's son, she mm-hmm. tries to stay in contact with him, and, and I think like that an she's older awesome. sister. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, but and sorry, folks, we're talking pro wrestling. I don't care. <laughs> Apparently, I don't care. <laughs> we'll get into another topic in a bit. Anyways, um, 
Yeah, so I, I think it's way better to not get a, quote, shoot interview, which a lot of those shoot interviews are kind of sad and pathetic. I mean, it, it depends. Like, when CM Punk turns heel, I'm going to hate him character, hate his character, but I'm also going to appreciate him mm-hmm. because we've heard he's actually a decent dude. I mean, you have the Colt Cabana stuff. Yep. <laughs> who is, That's not good. Who has been MIA. He's going to go. He's going to work the Ring of Honor. Uh He'll work with Ring of Honor after it's all said and done. Hopefully. Like that. Which is, that whole thing is confusing. I don't know what they're doing. Well, they haven't on. flushed it out. It's going to take time. They got to get, like, basically event space for them to be able to do tapings whenever they do a taping at some point. I thought they were doing it at Universal. I have not seen anything on that yet. So I, I don't. they were. Google it. I don't think that's a thing yet. Normally, Tony Khan is really good about announcing <laughs> things and making sure that we know about it. But Ring of Honor has a whole lot of work to do in order to actually be able to be like a viable company. They have Tony Khan who owns it, but at the same time, they don't have television. They don't have event space. We They have champions, but the only time that those champions are on television is on AEW television. So my whole thing is Ring of Honor. It's great. I can't wait for it to happen, but we got a ways away. Did you find anything on it? No. No. Uh oh, they're dark is on Universal. Oh. At Universal. Which is AEW. Yeah. So. so I just wonder if uh they're going to be there as well. And I also wonder if Tony Khan's working on a streaming deal. I'll bet he's got that's the next step. They really need to get that library on some sort of streaming. So I wonder if it'll be like the old NXT where it was on the network. I think you know from I mean? everything he said, he wants it to be two separate brands. Ring of Honor has its own long history, and uh-huh. Tony Khan was always a fan of it. Mm-hmm. So I think he will make that separate on its own deal. Hopefully they get away from Sinclair, and then AEW will continue to be its own standing thing. Well, so. Sinclair sold it, didn't he? Uh, I think they got... they. It's not that they sold it. It's that... Well, I guess... I think it was a full sale. sale. I, I'm trying to figure out if they had the, quote, ownership... They did. Sinclair I thought owned. that they had the TV rights, but if that's how it is, that's how it is. I, I think Sinclair owned everything, and it was on one of his like dark channels. No, the way uh, Sinclair works is they have affiliates throughout the uh, region. Right. So there was like KPLR, which I think is here. Mm-hmm. They that was one of their affiliates that would just play it at random times. 3 a.m. in the morning. Yep. Or like it would be 11 a.m. on a Saturday. And I'm like, oh, Ring of Honor. Well, what's Jonathan Grisham up to? This is kind of random. Right. Um, so he'll probably try to find some sort of deal where it's a set time for either a release of tapings, kind of like what Lucha Underground did, or right. Lucha Underground should have done. Uh, Lucha Underground is vastly. And those first two, three seasons of Lucha Underground great television not even just for wrestling just excellent stuff but um where where do we start if we went from oh cole cabana and CM oh, yeah, Punk yeah, yeah, and all yeah, of yeah. that stuff i think punk's a pretty good dude overall but he can get really surly after a while yeah and i well i wonder if that's uh what um sweet uh what uh WWDE did to him like there was he was poisoned and so he started lashing out well maybe. from from some of the stuff I've heard from people who knew him in Ring of Honor he could get surly there as okay. well so All I right. think it and he he probably has his reasons for being that way he didn't he had a tough childhood I'm not saying this is right um he also has to he also deals with internet fans 
which some people deal with better than others. And he has had a lot of bad experiences with that. You know, I built your house. Someone tweeted that at him. So as you can imagine, (laughs) I bought your house. That's what it was. I bought your house is what some fan tweeted him. He's like, you didn't build my house or buy my house. I bought my house. That set him off, understandably. But um, (sighs) yeah, I I think... uh, I prefer not to have the shoot stuff because once you get to know the characters too much or the person behind it, you can't really like I'm I literally want to boo them. MJF, I don't really know. I've seen a shoot interview with him. Yeah, I've seen that one. But honestly, Ethan Page was gaslighting the shit out of him being a dick. So I was like, (laughs) all right. Yeah, I kind of feel bad for MJF now. Um, But uh, him not doing all of this like out of character stuff, I think is way better personally. Okay, that's fair. To each their own. Agree, Agree to disagree. Yeah, while I die over here in the corner. That's Good fine. God, coughing sucks. Yeah, Anyways, um, so the topic I was going to just bring up, man. Hey, Memorial Day is tomorrow. Yes. I really do think Memorial Day is kind of an underrated holiday in a way. Um, people will celebrate it just by saying, oh, I have the day off. That's their whole thing with mm-hmm. it. Um, and there are people who are pretty hardcore about, um, hey, I've... I make sure I lay wreaths down at Jefferson Barracks or something like that. Hey, good for you. Mm-hmm. But I think we could all maybe do a better job of just remembering those who've fallen and, and fought for this country mm-hmm. from the revolution all the way up to, uh, you know, recently we had uh, St. Louis area lost a, a soldier who was in uh, Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we should definitely remember these people. I personally care a lot about um, our soldiers. I think they're very important. They have to deal with a lot and mm-hmm. like the mental health side of what goes into being a soldier is, I think, the most brutal part. Yep. Um, coming back and having survivor's guilt for a lot of those guys is really tough. Mm-hmm. And hey, I know we're here to remember those who fell. and That's very important. We have Veterans Day for those who've served. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Memorial Day, I think it's also good to kind of give a pat on the back to those who did survive because they're the ones that are going to be remembering those who fell the most. It's true. Families are, but if you're there with your buddy when he's shot and dies or it gets blown up, that sticks with them the most. So yeah, remember those who, who we lost folks, but also give a pat on the back to those who are remembering those, those buddies that they left behind or who they lost in, uh, in foreign wars. So yeah, absolutely. I, don't have anything to add. Well, that's cool. I mean, for Memorial Day, is there anything that you typically do? No. No? No. no. My family, like, we will get together. Sadly, we can't this year just due to, you know, what we're trying to do right. uh, with human trafficking. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. But uh, the normally what we try to get together. And, and now that my grandfathers have both passed, they both served during World War II, mm-hmm. it's weird how much more the history of that hits at me. Okay. Um, do you, did you have family that served in any war? Yeah. Uh, both my grandfathers served in world war two and my dad served in Vietnam. Wow. Uh, what was your, what did your dad do in, in Nam? He was a signal in the signal corps and he was in, I think Taiwan oh, okay. or Thailand. Mm-hmm. One of those two. Okay. He was in support of Vietnam. Oh, wow. It, well, my dad was, uh, encoding messages, um, for the Air Force, actually, during okay. Vietnam. So he served as well. Um, my maternal grandfather fought against the Japanese in New Guinea. Okay. Brutal fight mm-hmm. um, of his company. Of I Company had like around 120 men. 
think about 30 came back alive. Wolf. Alive. I mean, yeah. They got decimated. But part of it was because they're, they had to basically assault a fixed position with no artillery tanks and very poor air support. Mm. And the Japanese had had almost a month to dig in and yep. create all of these just, you know, death spots for soldiers to run into. Yep. So naturally they were decimated. And, you know, my grandpa would probably say they were pretty green. They mm. had no combat experience, really. I mean, and uh, they were a lot of them were National Guardsmen okay. from uh, Wisconsin and Michigan. OK, uh, the 32nd Infantry uh, was uh, my, my grandpa's division. And my grandpa was one of the first drafted after Pearl Harbor. Like wow. day one of the draft, he's he's there. He was a first round pick. Grandpa was a first round pick. You know? <laughs> uh, and he goes to uh, train in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And he's thinking, okay, I guess I'll be with these guys. They're like, freeze, pack your bags. You're heading off to San Francisco. He's like, why? Get on this boat and you'll find your division. He's like, what? Are you serious? He gets on the boat, still doesn't know what company he's on. Finds out about halfway over which company it is. He's like, okay, fine. I get that information. Um, but literally, he was on a boat heading over and just didn't talk to anyone the entire time. Because wow. he's like, these guys all know each other, and then there's me. Right. And you know, he came from a completely different culture in Oklahoma compared mm-hmm. to these guys in Wisconsin and Michigan. Right. And they're all heading over to fight the Japanese. And, and go to Aust- he was in Australia, then went to uh, New Guinea. It could have been worse, though, because there were two divisions that were sent out right away. Mm -hmm. My grandpa's went to the Pacific. Another one then went to uh, North Africa to fight the Germans. And they were almost completely annihilated at the Kazarine Pass, which was a disastrous uh, first fight that we really had against the Germans. Mm -hmm. So it could have been worse. He could have been a part of that unit and and just died. And hey, there's no Caleb at all. Wow. Um, But I'm just going to give you guys like a quick little synopsis on my grandfather's and uh, their times in service. And yeah, they did. Neither of them fell in combat, but still, I kind of feel like their story gives me a little bit of a more of an appreciation of loss um, with everything that they went through um, and, and all the men that they served with that died actually more of my maternal grandfather than my paternal one but um my grandpa then went and fought um and this fight called buna at uh, buna beach which was just this last offensive to really push the japanese further and further uh west on new guinea because the japanese were trying to take new guinea in order to be able to use that as a base to bomb australia so grandpa's there his division is almost or yeah really his division was almost wiped out from the fighting and a lot of them got sick because New Guinea is impassable. Just jungle everywhere. Uh, there was crocodiles. There were these massive pythons. Uh, they, but that wasn't even their biggest fear. It was actually mosquitoes because malaria was rampant. Grandpa actually got malaria. Ugh. And he had a fever of 102. And he was like, ah, I'm going to go back to the aid station to see if they can fix me up. Actually, his lieutenant sent him back. So he goes back. He's trying to get fixed up with that, but they said, okay, well, we can give you some medication, but you have to go back to the front. You can't stay back here unless you have a fever of 103. And I think it was like 1028. He's like, seriously? Fine. All right. So he tries to walk back and he's heading back. And mind you, if you have 102 degree fever and you're in a jungle, imagine that heat, folks. Just that miserable feeling of having a fever while being outside in a St. Louis summer. Imagine that. 
So he's walking back. He sees some buddies and he's talking to them. They're like, Freeze, what are you doing? He's like, eh, I can't stay. <laughs> and they're like, all right, well, yeah, since my grandpa played on the uh, regiment baseball team, mm-hmm. uh, division, sorry, division baseball team, they all kind of knew him and appreciated him. Grandpa was a good ball player. He was a catcher in the uh, now Cleveland Guardians organization. Hmm. Um, so he was, he was a pretty good ball player. Uh, he's like, yeah, got to go back to the front. So he goes back to the front. That night, there was a raid uh, by the Japanese Air Force. Mm-hmm. And they bombed that aid station. Oh. His buddies were killed. He knew that if he had just two, those 0.2 degree higher fever, he would have been with those guys and would have been killed. Easily. Wow. Easily. So um, super lucky to be alive in that regard. Um, also, in that fight on Buna Beach... Uh, he was. They stormed a beachhead, and they're running up. And he had his M1 across his stomach, basically. Machine gun bullet was strafing across, hit that gun, and split it in half. Wow! So he's very lucky not to have been gut shot and killed from a machine gun bullet. Right. So that happens. He actually finds an old MO, which was a World War One, you know, bolt action gun, mm-hmm. and he used that the rest of the war. It was actually this bolt action gun, not an M1, which was. You know, semi-automatic for a seven, eight-round magazine, I believe. Yeah. So, um, carried that with him. He actually, since his unit was almost wiped out, they're like, well, we can't replenish this. So guys were just kind of dispersed into different roles. He was given the job of training uh, the next division to come in to kind of finish up the fight on the Jap- of the Japanese in New Guinea. So he was a, a drill sergeant of sorts mm-hmm. in teaching jungle warfare. One of his things was, I remember him teaching me this as a kid. I was probably four or five. And I said, Grandpa, did you ever kill anyone in the war? He said, yeah, I did. And like he just had this look, slightly different look. And you understood. I didn't understand it as a kid. Now, as an adult, I realized the fighter came out there. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he said, if you ever bayonet someone, you stab them, twist, and you go up or down. And that's when I realized... He did that at some point. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Like, when you're that young, it's a very big shock, to say the least. Right. So he comes back. Uh, he had been writing my grandmother. Um, they ended up going to... Uh, they, they ended up meeting in the Oklahoma City uh, train station. And he proposed. Oh. Yeah, he proposed right there. Mm. He said, all right, marry me, and then come down and meet me in Waco. I'm about, about to be guarding German SS soldiers there. <laughs> She's like, uh, okay. Right. So they didn't even spend their first day together married together. Because he went down there, and she just kind of didn't tell anyone that she got married. <laughs> and then she told her sister, who told her mom, who told her dad. Uh-huh. And her dad's like, oh, all right, well, go ahead. Go down there to Waco and see him i guess <laughs> it just was really because my grandpa had maybe a slight reputation as being maybe a ladies man oh good and good. they grew up on the same street uh-huh so needless to say probably uh uh my great grandfather wasn't the most thrilled with my <laughs> grandmother's choice anyways uh grandma comes down mm-hmm. to waco sees him in this prison and she comes walking in but she came right in through the front gate as opposed to another area she was supposed to walk through. She just walks right in the middle of all these German SS soldiers. <laughs> all right, folks, if you're listening at home and you don't know who the SS were, they were the most Nazi of Nazis. Yeah, yeah. They had no defense in any trial because they were known to do 
the worst atrocities during World War II. They were the ones working in uh, the ghettos and the concentration camps. They were the ones executing Jews and prisoners of war. They did the worst, most vile things out there. Yep. And my grandpa had to guard them with a bunch of 4Fs that had already served. Basically, they like the war had broken them in some way. Mm-hmm. So my grandpa had to know, okay, this guy can't handle guard duty. He'll just pull his machine gun out and start firing it. That's not good. Uh, so he'll have to do something else. That guy eh, physically can't do anything. So we'll put him in the kitchen. Like That was what my grandpa's job was. Good. Was to not only guard SS soldiers, but also make sure that these four Fs <laughs> didn't screw everything up and get a bunch of SS soldiers on the loose in Texas. So oh, Wow. Fun stuff, as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, there is a book, though, written about my grandfather. If you'd like to check it out, it's called Baseball, Battle, and a Bride. Mm. Uh, it's the that, I gave a very brief synopsis. There's so many more details to it. But it's just the story of, I think, one of the best people that you don't know out there. He's a genuinely good man. Um, and one other interesting detail. As you can imagine, coming back from war, mentally, you're not right. You can't be. You've no. just seen a bunch of people die. Yep. You've done some killing yourself, possibly, depending on what you were. And within my grandpa's division, yeah, he, what his role, he did have to kill people. He was a scout, actually. He had to scout out those fixed positions before anyone else did and then get his way back. So, as you can imagine, he went through a lot of tough stuff. Well, that uh, same uh, great-grandfather who wasn't excited about my grandmother marrying him, he served in World War One as a medic. Wow. So as you can imagine, he saw some stuff too. Mm-hmm. And they actually built a really good friendship where my great-grandfather helped out my grandfather. by They would go fishing together mm-hmm. and just talk things out. That, to me, I think kind of helped set up my grandfather to be the amazing person that he was. If you met my grandfather, you wouldn't have ever thought that he had killed anybody. He was the nicest man you'd ever meet. Little kids at his church just kind of saw him as like, you know, their grandfather. I remember this Hispanic girl just kind of looked over at him and my grandpa just waved at her and smiled. And she came over and just sat on his lap and started talking to him. (laughs) And I was like, what in the world? And then her mom came over later and she's like, she does that all the time with him. She's like obsessed with Robert. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's kind of cute. (laughs) So he just had that sort of whimsical ability to connect with kids and pretty much anyone that way just due to this amazing disposition. And you wouldn't expect that from someone who suffered so much loss and pain himself. Like he, anytime he would walk through a uh, metal detector, mm-hmm. it'd go off. He's <laughs> like, yeah, there's shrapnel somewhere. I don't know where he just like didn't know. He's like, I think it's in my hip, but I don't know. That's uh that's kind of what he went through. Um, my paternal grandfather was actually an engineer in World War II. Interesting. Yeah, so he would have been actually someone who would have been like building roads or bridges and then also uh, a lot of water carrying. That was really mm-hmm. big for the engineers, and especially in the Pacific where the Japanese would poison wells a lot. There mm-hmm. wasn't fresh water everywhere, so it was it was the most important commodity you could get. Well, he was going to be part of the invasion of Japan. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. As you can imagine, he thought he was a dead man. The estimates were that at least the first wave would be wiped out entirely invading Japan. Mm-hmm. And they were hoping not the second wave, but they knew the third wave. They had a good chance of, of making it. My grandfather was going to be in the first wave. He wouldn't. He, he literally thought that he was going to die. 
And he told um, my mamma, as we call her, that he's like, I don't think you can expect me back with what's about to happen. Yeah, they're estimating like a million plus. Plus, yeah. It was, it was rough for sure. Um, I know the atomic bombs are controversial for a number of reasons, but he wouldn't have survived if not for that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my dad, he was already born by that point. So, you know, that's nice. <laughs> right. But who knows what could have happened to him with growing up without a father, obviously. So, right. Um, I know that bomb, that the bombs were horrific in nature, but they did in a way save a lot of lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, we also have now the threat of nuclear war. Yeah, we fine. probably would have had that before. Because everyone, the, the Germans were even trying to develop nukes. The Soviets were trying to develop nukes. Mm-hmm. So they would have been developed at some point. Yep. But uh, alas, um, that is. And, and what's interesting, too, is with him, uh, he experienced loss as well. There were several deaths um, on um, that side of the family. I know that there was a family member in the 101st Airborne who was killed on June 6th, basically killed in his parachute, pretty wow. much is how it yeah. was. Uh if you ever seen um, Band of Brothers, uh, you know that scene where they uh, on June sixth in the second episode where they come across a dead soldier, an American soldier, and they just kind of take his stuff off of him. Yep, My, like a great great uncle would have been one of those guys. A great uncle, I guess I should say, would have been one of those guys who was sadly killed in, in a tree like that. So mm-hmm. um, those guys would talk about war very differently mm-hmm. compared to I remember other. There was a, a, a uh, in one of the places we lived, uh, we lived in Pennsylvania for a while, and there was this uh, really nice family. Uh, the husband, though, he was frustrated about something, I believe, that uh, the Russians were doing. And this was like in, right at the end of the Cold War. This is a very early memory of mine, like 89. He's like, we should have invaded when we had the chance. And I remember my <laughs> grandfather saying, we didn't have the chance, and I'm very happy we didn't. Otherwise, we might not have a world. Right. When you've experienced war, I think you have a completely different perspective on it than morons who think that it's so easy to invade. Hence why I do think it's really stupid. So many people want to just go to war and think, ah, forget it. Let's go fight the Russians now in the Ukraine. You have no idea what that would set off, folks. It's really stupid. Yes, absolutely. I honestly don't know too much about my grandfather's service. Um I know the one grandfather served as a tank destroyer in the Battle of the Bulge. Oh, wow. Okay. And you he, know what his unit was? Nope. No. He wouldn't talk about it. Understandable. Uh, he, the only story I got really as a hand-me-down story was the only way they told knew that the Germans were near was the smell. Mm. So you know he was that close. Yeah. And he just didn't talk about it. Uh, I have a great uncle who I think fought in Iwo Jima. And he's one of five people that survived in his entire, like, unit. Wow. To the point where uh, the family got the letters, like, the, your family member's dead, sorry about you, letters. Yeah. And then he shows up at the house. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. And he never talked about it. You know, it's it, it's understandable. It's not easy to talk about trauma. No. And at that time, there, of course, wasn't a lot of mental health uh, help at that point therapy wasn't as prevalent as it is today nope. so um nope and that generation 
didn't probably want therapy. They didn't want to talk about problems, so it's understandable. Yeah, well, and that grandfather fought in Battle of the Bulge was like a man's man too. He tank yeah. destroyer, and then he became a carpenter. Mm, wow. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my uh, the one that fought against the Japanese uh, in, uh, in New Guinea, he went from being a uh, he, you know was trying to play minor league ball, get into uh, you know try to play professional somewhere. Right. I mean, there's no way you can after you've had malaria. Your body just is not what it once was. Right. And then the physical toll of everything. So he, he gave that up and then became a uh, glass installer. Wow. So yeah. the man had biceps for days. For just sure. this shredded man. And I'm like, how? How do I have the same genetics as you, man? <laughs> how? Um, but uh, one interesting thing, too, is he lived in downtown Oklahoma City. They both, him and my grandmother lived in downtown Oklahoma City. When the bomb went off at the Murrah Federal Building, it shook their house. Wow. And my grandmother said, Robert, get the door. Someone's there. And he looks up from his paper and he goes, nope, that's a bomb. And then just went right back to reading. (laughs) My grandmother's like, you're an idiot. And then just opened the door. No one's there. And he goes, I know what a bomb sounds like. And that's a bomb. Turn on the TV. And sure enough, Murrah Federal Building blown up. And he's like. That just that didn't leave him for fifty years. Mm-hmm. That knowledge of what a, he hadn't heard a bomb that close in over fifty years. Right. Yet he knew exactly what it was as soon as it shook that house. I just can't. And then didn't even get up from his chair. Continued reading the paper. I'm sure reading the scores of games the previous day. Just nope. That's a bomb. Wow. Right back to it. So, I mean, you hear those stories with the Iraq and Afghanistan uh, people with fireworks and then yeah. Yeah. going through the, the PTSD and all that. I think about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, it's like an amazing visual, but you know that explosion is not easy for, for no. any person to hear who's been in combat. No. I mean, yeah, I, I just I can't imagine. My dad was fortunate enough where he gets his draft notice in the mail and then goes, I'm just going to enlist. Oh, okay. And when, if you enlist, you could pick where you want to go and do. So that's smart. Yeah. It was very intelligent. Yeah. I mean, otherwise I mean, he didn't have a college education, right? Nope. Yeah. Cause he would have then had a higher chance of being put in some sort of combat unit. Yep. Don't want to be there actually. So, right. Yeah. Gosh. So, well, I'm very happy that we live in a world right now without a draft and, and a war that, yes, the war in Ukraine is still going on. Wish all of the people in Ukraine safety and, and good health. Um, I wish for myself some good health. This daggum freaking cough. But, um, yeah, I'm very, I do feel like we're very fortunate in the sacrifice that has been made by so freaking many. Right. It it kind of is hitting home a little more this year for me, and and you know, maybe we're just getting older, getting wiser, a little more sensitive in that regard. I don't know. Maybe I I remember graduating in high school in two thousand four, and the Iraq War was still raging, going into the Afghanistan War, and then a lot of people graduating going right into the army or yeah. military. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know a few guys that that win as well. They came back luckily, um, mm-hmm. and. It's interesting to note that, yes, our, our losses were bad there. The losses of the Russian army is already worse than what we experienced. And I think both uh, Iraq and Afghanistan combined, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Wow. Like within wow. the first week. Yeah, it was it's nuts. 
It's nuts. I think, honestly, the way war has gone, it's kind of shifted from being like, okay, yeah, you can have a successful offensive to, nope, we're going back to World War One defensive wars because it's just that's the way war is fought now. The way technology is, it's so much easier to defend. Uh, it may be, but when you're also using World War Two broken tech to a modern army, <laughs> yeah, and, and their comm systems have been so poor with the Russians. Uh-huh. They're unprotected. So the Ukrainians are like, oh, hey, uh, do we have anyone in, in Dnipro? Mm-hmm. Okay, let them know this is all coming. I, I hope the Ukrainians talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're Ukrainians. <laughs> I mean, when you see the drone footage and it's like, how are they getting away with this with the Russian military? Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just completely in inept and yeah i mean they have taken some uh, a fair amount of western ukraine yeah i'm sorry eastern ukraine yeah, yeah yeah. so um but they've been pushed back haven't they it depends on where like on the southern part closer to crimea the russians are making better ground the northern part closer to the russian border right the ukrainians are making better ground there the problem is there's so much territory to defend. They still have to keep troops by the Belarus border. Uh-huh. And then all those areas that have been taken by the Russian border, they have to keep something there. So it's tough to get units. Like, where do you take units and put them in order to be able to push back more? It's tough to find that. So right. hopefully they can figure out a way. I mean, I'm, I'm rooting like hell for them because I feel terrible that dumb fuck Putin is. <laughs> Apparently he has cancer. I hope so. I don't hope for cancer for many people, but he's one of them I do. Yeah. He's the worst. Yeah. He's the worst. The worst. Whenever people compare someone to Hitler, I think it's too much often. Yes. Not in this regard. You can compare him to to Hitler. You can compare him to Putin. That's fine. (laughs) You can compare Putin to Hitler. That's fine with me. They're they're pretty close in some regards. In some regards. I mean, the whole killing of a single people is kind of up there for me yeah i mean he's killing a lot of ukrainians yeah and then deporting them to these places in russia that Hmm. we don't know where siberia probably probably but we don't know where there's a whole lot of nothing in russia yeah i mean they actually have several like republics in their own borders that are really just it's russia it's weird it's something it's something it is something so I actually always wanted to visit St. Petersburg. Really? It looks it, it looks like they were trying to go for like Venice meets Vienna. Mm-hmm. And those are I two cities I really want to see as well. Um, <coughs> cough. So like it I can't get there now. Well, maybe one day. Yeah. In a few years, it's going to be real cheap to go over there. Sure, just not <laughs> how cheap. friendly it's going to be, though. That's going to be the problem. I mean, I keep seeing reports of Russians uh, going against the war and protesting, and but not in large numbers. I mean, it's gonna, uh, I that think, we know of. I think it's going to. It's probably similar to here, where you have like people who watch their state media, or maybe like the same portion that watch Fox News here. Well, you yeah, know, maybe. And then there's going to be a portion who are like, I ain't saying nothing. Have you seen some of these people who are getting killed around here? Right. Nope. And then there's going to be people who are going to protest. Although now I think that they're prosecuting people who protest the war and they're getting like a lot more jail time than they oh, used man. to. So that's Jeez. gotten upped. Well, that's what happens when there's only one political party and it's all ran by really one person. Mm-hmm. So their quotes, elections are very interesting over there. 
Yeah, 110% voted for Putin or something. I think it was 108, but yeah. yeah. So, which is, you know... Well, that's mean, fine. Yeah. It makes perfect sense that uh, they're getting some people across the Finnish border to somehow vote or whatever. Uh. Although I do like how Finland, they don't care. They're like, I don't care what you do, Russia. We are joining NATO. You suck. It's a, <laughs> they just don't care in Finland. They're like, you going to tell us what to do? That's very nice. We know where your nukes are, and we don't care. Right. So. If they even work, it's fine. I'll bet some of them do. Maybe. You think so? You think maybe? Seriously? Yeah. Really? I, I think they're that bad off. I honestly do. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to launch, like, say, 100 missiles, that, like, 20 of them malfunctions. That's my feeling. It's like, yeah, there's probably a good portion that have not been kept up with. But then there's going to be that 80. Those And you know what? Of the 80 that would fly... Three maybe wouldn't explode. So then we got 77 that would I still think be able to to lift off and, and detonate. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's far lower. Really? I think, yeah, they're going to like launch missiles and it's just not going to happen. They're going to blow up in Russia. Well, uh, I did see someone put out a pretty interesting report that now that Finland is joining NATO, we can add NATO troops into this area in Finland that is close to where the majority of their nukes are. Hmm. Which could then mean if something ever happened and there was war between NATO and Russia, those that air, that base in Finland would then be the launching point for a special operation in order to be able to shut down all of those nukes. Mm. So, hey, there's hope. There's hope. There's hope in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really have anything else to add. Neither do I. But uh, how are we doing on time? I think we're doing okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're 40 minutes in, 48 minutes in. Right on. Yeah. Remember uh, when we were talking about goals a while back? Like, yeah. Hey, do you have a goal for anything? I really kind of like that. I kind of want to do that again. Do you? That, I'm going to tell you my goal. Okay. Give you time to think of one if you want to create sure. one. For me, I think my goal is um, honest. <coughs> God, not die. Not die of a cough. Yeah. Uh, which I think is just allergy driven. Yeah, I can um, see that. But I think my goal then for this week this coming week is to get back to writing. I want to be able to write a few okay. chapters. Um, it's it's. I think I've told you a little bit. It's fantasy uh, written though in more of like ancient Greece or ancient Rome sort of way. It's fictional, obviously. Okay. But uh, I want to kind of get back into writing some more of it. Okay. Uh, in my in my world, the gods interact a whole lot more. Okay. Uh, so they're very real. There's not really dragons or anything like that. It's much more of a Oh, okay, yeah, I can kind of see how this is similar to our world, except gods are, like, totally doing a whole lot more stuff. So, All right. Uh, I want to kind of get back to that and write a little bit. Also, I want to get back to Chicago and back before 7 p.m. tomorrow. Oh, hey. That's the goal. Hey. That is my goal. Nice. Also, for the drive, I downloaded... Um, you ever watch Ken Burns documentaries? Yeah. You ever seen the Civil War one? Maybe. Maybe. They're, like 90s? Yeah, like Yeah, it's dated. Yes. I think so. It's still fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's this author who helped a lot with that, a guy named Shelby Foote, who wrote like this three-book, I mean, it's it's like an encyclopedia almost of the Civil War. So I downloaded that in order for my drive. Uh-huh. It's about 48 hours long. Uh, that sounds about right. I was like, oh, okay, so I'm fine. So I might get about halfway through it after all of this driving over the next, over, you know, tomorrow. So, right. 
uh, hopefully I get through that and just survive. Those are my goals. Good. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, man? Um, well, I have long-term goals, like paying off the credit card debt. That's why I'm working yeah. all the time. Are you getting close? Yeah. I got one paid off. I nice. need to pay off another one, um, hopefully in a few months. Nice. I, I just bought really expensive equipment for the podcast. Nice. So that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Gearing up for that, that's the goal. Uh, that'll be next week. Yeah, the D&D podcast. The 5th. The 5th. Let me check. You already said yes. I know. But like, it's my niece's graduation party. Yeah. Is that the Saturday or Sunday? It's a Sunday. Okay, so... Evening. Evening. What time? Like 4 or 5. Okay, I might come at 5 because I think her party starts at 3. Okay, that's so, fine. And I might go to her party earlier uh-huh. and then I'll come here. So, okay. okay, cool. Because I do want to play. Yeah. Do I need to study up my character more? No, no. We're doing one shots. What does that mean? Yeah, but I have I have a one character. Yeah, yeah. So one shots are just singular adventures that have nothing to do with anything, and uh, they won't be a part of that character. What? So do I have to make another one? Nick is providing characters on the first one shot. Oh, I hope I have the dumbest one of them all. I think so. <laughs> uh, so so that, you know my character already? A little bit. Nick and I have talked a little bit about it. Oh. Uh, so that will be, we'll do one shots throughout the like month of June and maybe even early July. And then we'll do my campaign where your character will come into play. Wonderful. Yeah. Because uh, I actually haven't looked at that guy in a while. I just remember his name's Baron. And I love... That he is a baron. baron. I think it's fun. Yeah, we'll get we'll talk about it through the month of June because uh, I'll need everyone's backstory so I can write and set up my campaign. Mm, fun. Yeah. All yeah. righty, that's going to be a good time. So. I'm I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I'm excited about recording it and no one listening to it, and it'll be great. So the next thing I think would be also a really good idea for us to do is uh, double or nothing predictions. Okay. So I'm going to get. I need to see the card. Yeah. I don't remember the card. I'm pulling it up. All so right. Double or nothing 2022. Uh-huh. Let's look up the card here. The card. Yep. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Okay. So the first match, I am actually very interested in this. It's going to be on the pre-show, but I still think it counts. Uh, we've got Hookhausen, which is Hook and Danhausen versus Tony Nice and Smart Mark Sterling. Uh, I think this will be a lot of fun. What about you? I, I agree. Yeah. Dan Housen and Hook going over. I think so, too. 100%. Yeah. Uh, Tony Nese is there to make sure the match is, like, settled in some sort of reality. He's a good seller. He mm-hmm. knows what he's mm-hmm. doing in the ring. Uh, I think everyone will enjoy seeing Smart Mark get beat up a little bit in there, maybe getting choked out by Hook. That, I think, is the finish with Hook uh, doing the... Uh, What's he? Uh, Red rum is what he calls it. It was yeah. the Katahajime or the Taz mission, uh, but now it's uh, it's the Red Rum. So I think that's how it finishes up. Hook choking out Mark. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Nice. Uh, so we have a singles match Ooh. of Kyle O'Reilly versus Darby Allen. I think if this match is given twenty minutes, it could steal the show. Both yeah. guys are so good, Darby. Will not live to 45, and I hate to say that, but the way he wrestles is just nuts, and the way he lives is just crazy, but he's so good in the ring. Storytelling-wise, mm-hmm. That after that match with Punk, I've noticed that it's not that he's dialed down the madness, it's that he's understanding when to use it more, and he's done so much more fun groundwork in understanding, okay, I need movement here, or okay, this is a time to sell. It's just been fun to see that. O'Reilly might be my favorite wrestler on the roster. 
He is so good in the ring. He's He could work better on the mic, but I still think everything else he's fantastic. I think Darby wins in a match that's going to be very back and forth with a hot crowd, if given the time. Interesting. Um, I know Darby has said early on that he didn't want to wrestle until like his 30s. Yeah. But it, he may have changed his mind. Maybe. Uh, with the fun he's having with Sting. Well, also, and so many wrestlers say that, and then they end up, you know, booking an indie gig in the Memphis Fairgrounds with, against Jerry Lawler or whatever. Well, I think Will Ospreay has said that as well. Yeah, Will Ospreay, I, I think How he, is he moving? I don't know, but also <laughs> Will Ospreay is not the smartest man on earth. That's true. Uh, I love his wrestling, and I think he is probably a good person overall, but we're not going to call him the sharpest knife in the drawer. I mean, even the Hardys. I mean, Matt can barely move, but Jeff. Yeah. It's like, what? Why? why are you still doing... Okay. All right. What, what else are they going to do? Yeah, I think uh, O'Reilly goes over. Yeah? I think they're going to start building that faction a little bit more. The uh, Fish, O'Reilly, Cole. Yeah, was once Undisputed Era, now Undisputed Elite. Yeah, I think they're... I We said this off-air, but I think Omega's return is closer than we think. I hope. Because then you have the Bucks, Omega versus the Undisputed. Mm-hmm. And I think if you build those guys up a little bit more, and now you have uh, for the trios titles, which uh, are on the horizon. I, I don't want it. I don't want trio titles. There's too many belts. I don't think we need to throw it. That's my personal take. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of great talent that could maybe benefit from having it, but I also think it waters down titles. That's just my feeling. I mean, I, I it could be its own thing. It could be, yeah. Hmm, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. <coughs> Excuse me. Next match. Probably, I think, the most easiest to predict uh, is Jade Cargill and Anna Jay. Uh, the stipulation, I mean, it's for the TBS championship with mm-hmm. Kira Hogan, Red Velvet, Chris Statlander, and Ruby Soho barred from ringside. Um, I don't know. Maybe someone else debuts uh, to help out Jade so that she can stay heel. Uh, but we've seen this match before. Mm-hmm. It's a nice match. Both are both ladies are not the most experienced wrestlers. That's true. They are both great for their experience level, though, mm-hmm. I will say. Uh, I think Jade goes over in a relatively short match with maybe some sort of theatrics in there in order to spice it up and make it different from their previous match. So that's my guess. Yeah, my gut says Jade goes over. I want Anna to go over and for her to get a huge push. I think Anna is going to get a lot of titles in the future. She's I think it's young, a, She too. is 23, I think, yeah. maybe, and has only been wrestling for about two years. Most of her matches have been without a crowd because <laughs> she wrestled so much through the pandemic. Uh-huh. I think she's great. Jade has that million-dollar look and is also building up more as well. Mm-hmm. I think having the baddies section, as silly as it is, helps her mm-hmm. because then she has heaters to help her out along with Smart Mark. Uh, you got to work through her baddies to get to her. So she's created her own faction, which is fantastic. Yep. For someone as young, like young and inexperienced as her, I think she's great. Let Jade build up, and then I, I'd love to see a Chris Statlander uh, maybe take that belt off of her. Someone who's improved a lot and really deserves a great run. Yep. Uh, that's a good baby face. So I think we're a few, few, several months off, maybe like three to six months of Jade keeping that belt for a bit. You know, uh, I think we both agree Jade goes over on that. Yep. Yep. Next one, I think, also has a chance to steal the show. Uh, it's the House of Black, Malachi Black, Buddy uh, Matthews, and King Brody 
versus or Brody King. Sorry, although King Brody sounds kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Uh, versus Death Triangle of Pack, Penta Oscuro, and Ray Phoenix. Uh, That's going to be a crazy match. Agreed. Um, they all have so much talent. And all of them are capable of having one-on-one matches that can steal a show as well. Yep. And they all have very, they all have distinct styles as well that can really help elevate one another. I hope this match is given 20 to 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, their entrances can take a little bit <laughs> like with oh, House man. of Blacks. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But I think House of Black goes over on this to kind of squash this feud. Uh, Malachi Black needs to be, I think, put into a place where he maybe gets a, a single shot. Maybe he could feud with Scorpio Sky. That would be really fun, those two. Um, but my pick is them. Death Triangle's been around a little while. I know Phoenix just came back, mm-hmm. but I'd still rather see uh, House of Black get that moment in the sun, and then Death Triangle maybe uh, can look at going for the tag titles, maybe the trios, if those are uh, put out pretty soon. I wouldn't mind even seeing Pac go up against Scorpio Sky. Pac is someone who is, I think, slightly underutilized and deserves, deserves a little more uh, time in the sun as well. I, I, I concur, Doctor. Yeah? Uh, you thinking House of Black? Yeah, I do. I, I've... They need to do more, I think. They're on Rampage a lot. Are they? Yeah. I don't think they were on last Friday. I honestly missed because I was watching the Blues game while I was in Chicago. (laughs) And that sucked. Anyways, I don't want to talk about depressing things right now. Wrestling. Wrestling. Mm -hmm. So uh, House of Black, you pick? Yeah. Yep. I I think we're on the same page as that. Another six-person tag team. This is the Mixed. This one. Oh, yeah, yeah. American yeah. Top Flight. And, American uh, Top Team of top Scorpio team, Sky, yeah. Ethan Page, and Paige Van Zant, uh, with Dan Lambert versus Sammy Guevara, Frankie Kazarian, and Ty Conte. I really hope whatever happens, it just ends after this. Oh, and there yeah. is one more stipulation. If American Top Team win, neither Guevara nor Kazarian will be allowed to challenge for the TNT Championship as long as Sky is champion. Okay. So that I think is a a this would be a really good thing for American Top Team to win for a mm. few reasons. One, it lets fans know, hey, these feuds are done. Yes. Although I liked Kazarian and Sky more than I did uh Sky and Guevara personally. Yep. Um but Paige Van Zant also has star written on her. Physically, she's skilled. Mm-hmm. She was a former UFC fighter. Pretty good, like in the middle ranking, so not bad there. She does bare-knuckle fighting, which is nuts. Oh, man. Uh, and she's a former cheerleader. So she just has this insane athleticism. Uh, so I think she could be really good. I think putting her with Ty Conte, who also is very well-grounded and also has a realistic style, yep. will help out Paige in there as well. Frankie's a great wrestler. He knows what he's doing. Guevara has not been given enough not enough that's not the right word he hasn't been put in the best position because of the him and tay thing well he's kind of a spot monkey i disagree personally because we saw moments okay so his best matches have been in spot matches yes but he's totally capable of just having a great one-on-one match he's totally capable but i think he just wants to do an insane spot at least once every time sure yeah he want that's a great way of stealing the show it being memeable being on a mm-hmm. gif or being in a highlight 
is almost as it's almost like in the NBA. You want to posterize someone, you want to dunk on someone, so that you're on Sports Center. Yep. Uh, so he's kind of that home run hitter in a way. Mm-hmm. He's great, but him and him, Frankie and Tay, go ahead and lose this one. Go off now and start redeveloping. The crowd hates you. That's a good thing to go further into the heel mode that you really need to. And I think getting away from American top team yep. could really help with that. Yep. So that's my pick. I, I'm hoping sky maybe pinning Frankie uh, with one of his awesome cutters uh, to win it. So yeah. That's my, hope. I think it doesn't make sense for them to lose when they just redesigned the belt. Yeah. And that looks sick. It it's does. my favorite design. Oh, you know, I like the white one that Miro had. That one was pretty cool too. And I'm hoping Miro comes back to maybe challenge Sky. Yep. That would be pretty fun to see because I think there's a lot of potential for that TNT title. Just get it away from Sammy Guevara for a while. He yep. had a, that match with him and Cody in the ladder match was one of the better ladder matches I've seen in the past 10 years. It was so good. It was good. Um, but let's maybe go in a different direction. Develop your heel uh, persona more and, and maybe find someone else to feud with. Yep. Next match, the Hardys, the Young Bucks. Uh, classic Matt and Jeff Hardy versus Matt and Nick Jackson. Um, I This is the Hardys' first pay-per-view together as a tag team in AEW. Normally, when a tag team is de- or anyone is debuting on a pay-per-view, you want them to look like they're a threat. So normally you have them win. They've faced the Young Bucks before in Ring of Honor. Yep. They've faced each other on the Indies. These guys know each other really well. The Young Bucks don't necessarily need to win this, in my opinion. They've been tag champs. They can easily go and beat a, the next tag team that they face and be a contender for the tag titles if they wanted to. Right. I think the Hardys go over here, though, just so that way, hey, whenever uh, you have a tag team that needs to step up and face uh, Jurassic Express or Team Taz or um, uh, Swerve and, and Keith Lee, you can have a new team and the Hardys do that. So that's my pick is the Hardys. I concur. Uh, I think the Hardys go on a run after this. I could see that, although I will say it's tough kind of watching the Hardys. They don't move as well. The matches aren't quite as crisp. Jeff is better. Matt, oh, man. Well, I mean, hey, Matt has said his tailbone is wrecked from doing that top rope leg drop. That yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to watch Matt already. It is. And in my opinion, maybe they do need to push them a little quicker Uh because there's not much left in the tank. Although I could see Matt sticking around forever as a manager. 100%. That guy is fantastic still with great presence. Mm -hmm. Jeff, his style will catch up with him. I think it is. (laughs) It'll catch up to him to the point where I worry he turns into the dynamite kid. Oh, yeah. So that's my hopefully that doesn't happen. I hope. Matt and Jeff continue to have great, sober, strong professional careers. But I'm picking the Hardys. Young Bucks after this, they go on to a feud maybe with, uh, you know, American Top Team. Or maybe they face uh, Swerve and Keith Lee. There's a lot of options for them. It's true. Or Undisputed. Undisputed Era. Right. That depends if Omega shows up or, you know, maybe the... uh, the Forbidden Door. Yeah. Who knows what Japan is going to do? Forbidden Door. That's not that far away, too. So Right. So it could be interesting. Very interesting. Next is the tag titles. We got uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, who I love, uh, versus Team Taz of Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. Another great group of guys versus Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. I like both of them a lot, too. 
Um, I think though Lee and Strickland are better as singles wrestlers, mm-hmm. um, but it's good to maybe get them on a pay per view. So I, I respect this move. I'm keeping. I'm saying Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus retain, uh, mainly because they've they're having a good run. I don't really see why Team Taz or Lee and Strickland would be the choice to take it off of them long term because Starks has a good thing with his FTW title. That you know, uh, and I don't really see. You know, Hobbs is fantastic. A lot of potential there. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Lee and Swerve are better as singles. So I'm going to go with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus retaining. And they're going to tease more and more for that Christian double turn that could happen at any point. So that's that's my take. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I think Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus go over. Isn't Jungle Boy like so good? He is really good. He doesn't good. have a bad match. No, he doesn't. Now, granted, he has plenty of time, I'm sure, to... Maybe you know, put all the pieces together, so maybe he's not calling it. But Dad Gum, I'm entertained every time I watch that guy. He can't talk, but yeah, he hasn't had to really yet. I mean, so. that's why you had that third guy. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, so yeah, I think they go over. I wouldn't be surprised if Ricky Starks and Hobbs go over. I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it either. Yeah, I think they're not doing enough with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus right now. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of like forgotten about the tag titles i think there's so much going on that they haven't focused on it enough right but the one thing that we've seen is it looks like christian is teasing a double cross with them where would he go probably sticking he'd probably have a feud with jungle boy one-on-one which i think could be really good for jungle boy to have that feud um and from there maybe work singles and who knows maybe he starts his own faction at some point you never know the peeps Love the peeps. <laughs> uh, I will say Christian Loki, one of the funniest guys. If you go back and listen to old Edge and Christian oh, podcasts, yeah. he is the funny one of the two. I mean, even the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the it's ENC, great. totally awesome, whatever. Yeah. Old Network show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next match. Uh, and sorry, you're picking Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next match. Anarchy in the Arena. This has the potential to be a late show stealer, or it could be be one where we're like uh not so much well, this is a uh, jericho appreciation yeah, the society. jericho appreciation society of chris jericho matt menard angelo parker love the new names by the way uh-huh. daniel garcia gonna be a very good wrestler very good wrestler already but i think will be even more important to the company the longer he's there mm-hmm. and jake hager versus eddie kingston my boy santana ortiz and the black cool Com- black pool combat club of brian danielson and john moxley that is a lot and I expect this to maybe go a little nuts. We yes. could have flaming tables. We could have uh, barbed wire. This is the one where you kind of get to use all of the fun little trinkets in order to... You you went from maybe having this crazy spot match in the tag title match, and after we've got the Owen tournament finals, this could be where you really break it up and be like, all right, get violent. And, so, and it's hard to pick someone in this for me. I, I agree. I could see Moxley doing the hardcore thing, going nuts. I could see Brian and Garcia doing a wrestling, just straight up wrestling match. It's called Anarchy in the Arena match. Right. So I don't know. Right. I mean, I don't see Brian going hardcore. No. Uh, but I could see him and Garcia like having a spot where there's just chain wrestling. Out. That would be really funny. Like, you see. Everyone else goes into like four different corners and brawls, and then they're just in the ring going tack down, uh, uh, lock up, throw into the ropes, drop tack down. You know what? All that fun little stuff that you do. Yeah, he could do that. That'd be fun. I'm going to pick Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz, and the Blackpool Combat Club 
only because I think Jericho can take a loss, even though he lost to Kingston in the last one, he can take the loss and still be able to climb out of it and bring the rest of the crew with them. Maybe they kind of go after like death triangle after this, because then they could have the numbers. And so they could maybe focus on them a little bit. I think that could be a good way for them to lose, but then maybe come out later and be okay. Um, I think Kingston's on a roll. Got to keep going with him. Santana and Ortiz, I want them to get the tag titles before the year is out. They are fantastic. Uh, Ortiz has improved so much as in better shape. He looks svelte. I'm like impressed with him. And Santana, I've always thought, has been an underrated worker. We know Danielson and Moxley are great. So um, I think we got you got to keep them strong, especially this Blackpool Combat Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has so much potential in of itself. So I'm picking them. Where's Yuta? Uh, so he has the Ring of Honor pure title. So I'm guessing maybe they're keeping him out of this match. I do think they did an injury angle a few weeks ago. Okay. Him. So he's out. Maybe he does make a, a quick little run in and throws a fireball in Jericho's face. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a wizard. I'm a wizard. <laughs> I love that. Like Jericho oh, will just come up with the most ridiculous stuff of wizardry and make that a part of his thing now. Hmm. And this one's uh, a little bit tougher for me because I feel like Jericho's faction hasn't done anything. Mm-hmm. So I could see them going over and letting uh, probably Ortiz or Satana take the loss. Maybe. And some kind of a breakup thing with Kingston and those three and no, you, internal I, fighting. Well, then you got to turn one of them heel and both. And I will say Kingston, you got to keep face. The crowd loves him. Mm-hmm. And Santana and Ortiz just left. Jericho. Jericho. So maybe they can take the loss, but then still because oftentimes a loss can make a face more sympathetic if it's mm-hmm. in a screwed up way. And AEW most of the time does a pretty good job of if you take a loss, it doesn't hurt you too much. Right. So I could see that too. Yeah. I, I, I feel like Jericho needs to go over. Okay. That faction needs to go over. Okay. Whoever it is. Yeah. That's just my gut. That's your pick. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Next is the Women's Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Final of uh, Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. Um, this one, um, you know, we've seen them wrestle before. Uh, they wrestled at the, uh, show that was at the uh, Arthur Ashe stadium. Mm -hmm. Good match. Yep. Um, I'm a big Ruby Soho fan in the ring. I think she's fantastic. Uh, you know, she's got to work a little more on the promos. Uh, A lot of people do. There's nothing wrong with that. She's great though. I'm, I'm rooting for Ruby, but I guess they maybe want to keep Britt Baker strong but it's not like she's going to challenge Thunder Rosa again. I don't think you have a Russell Jade because that's heel heel, which heel heel is just death when it comes to ratings and money. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping they go with Ruby Soho just to maybe give her a push to be able to challenge maybe Thunder Rosa because face face can work sometimes. Yep. Uh, and maybe challenge Ruby or uh, uh, Jade for that TBS title, even though she lost her in the final. This maybe gives her a renewed push. So I'm going to say Ruby Soho, um, but I feel like that's the long shot. Yeah, I'm in agreement there. You uh, well, no, I think Ruby's going to win. Hmm. Uh, you but, sound well, more confident than me. Uh, you have. Uh, they kind of put themselves in a corner where she's lost a, a tournament with the AEW or the women's title yep. and then lost – with TBS and you brought her in, she's got to do something. Yeah, she needs a win. She needs, she needs a win. win. And the crowd turned on her when she beat 
Chris Stantlander. Yeah, that's true. I mean, stats popular. She's that very so, She's so good. And I mean, I, I wish she kept the alien gimmick because I thought it was fun, but she feels more confident getting away from that. So that's mm-hmm, cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think those are the two girls you got to push next. And maybe, you know, Britt could be the heel for, for Ruby to beat in order to get that next level. Yeah. Uh, she definitely needs a huge push. Yeah. And maybe you have Rosa and Ru- Soby, or wow, Ruby. Ruby Soho, and then you have Chris Statlander against Jade. Yeah, maybe. I mean, one of those I feel like have to take a title soon. Mm-hmm. So, and it matters. Do you want to rush one of them getting a belt or do you want to wait a little bit? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe there's someone else that could be brought in and. Like Athena, a, uh, formerly uh, Ember Moon, could yeah. come in and, and maybe make a quick challenge. We'll see. Yeah, I think Rosa is going to hold the title for. Hopefully, a she will get to her in yeah. a bit. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole. Uh, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Sutnam Singh are barred from ringside. This is the men's Owen Hart Foundation Tournament final. I'm excited because they've never wrestled. Really? That's what I've heard. Really? They, I, apparently, they never have had a match. They never really met in NXT. They never met uh, in Ring of Honor, anywhere else. That's I guess what Joe said. went to TNA and while Cole, Adam Cole was in ROH. No. Oh, in ROH? Uh, he was kind of floating everywhere at that point. He was also in NXT whenever Cole was at ROH. So, right. I mean, for whatever reason, they haven't wrestled. I think I would like to see Joe win this personally. Um, Adam Cole to me is fantastic, but a little stale. I feel like he needs a loss and to add a new wrinkle to what he's doing. The entrance is great, mm-hmm. but I'm a little bored. Um, <laughs> just, you know, and I love Adam Cole. I'm looking forward to saying Adam Cole, baby, whenever they're live and the boom and all that's great. But if I see if I hear him on the mic, I'm like mm, I'm a little bored. And when you see him walk out. I'm always like, man, I could have been a pro wrestler. <laughs> not that I love people call him a fat piece of shit. It's not that he's he's not in terrible shape. He does not look imposing. He's not ripped. He's not ripped. He doesn't look imposing. He actually looks like a very nice guy putting on a face. But I want to see something new out of him because right now we're getting NXT Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. I want to see a new version soon, personally. So I'm hoping Joe maybe gets a win here. Yeah. Uh, I see Adam Cole going over, though. You get Cole? Yeah. Okay. I like yeah. differences in this. It's cool. All right. The next one, we don't even know if it's happening. Singles match, MJF versus Wardlow. If Wardlow wins, he will be granted his release from his contract with MJF. If MJF wins, Wardlow will be permanently banned from signing with AEW. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be Wardlow going 100%. over here. So I'm hoping this match happens. I'm hoping the stuff with MJF is a work. Uh, I'm going to say Wardlow wins. Yeah, massive shenanigans. <laughs> with 10 power bombs. Massive shenanigans. Possibly, yeah, there's got to be some in there, but yeah. Massive. Uh, then we've got Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb for the AEW Women's Championship. Very disappointed with the build in this. And honestly, I feel like Thunder has not been given too much time. Last week was the first time that she got a promo without getting interrupted within 10 seconds. Right. Um, Thunder and Deeb are both great wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So if they're given the right amount of time, and also if, you know, if it's produced in a way where the match looks different, they can really steal a show. The problem is the build has been poor. Yeah, because Deeb has been doing the uh, feud with what's-her-face. Uh, Sheeta. Sheeta. Which was good. I liked yeah. that feud. And then it just kind of like stopped, and then now they're feuding with Rosa. Okay. 
Yeah, it, it didn't have a good transition. There no. wasn't a good transition in there. No. Um, and then Deeb's promo was disappointing. It, mm. did, it was disconjointed. It didn't really make sense. So I do feel like, hey, Thunder, I hope it's a good match. Rosa goes over. She really needs to keep going because I think she's a good champion. I have heard that she's hurt, wrestling hurt, and so that's why she hasn't been wrestling as much. That makes sense. Um, if that's the, if that's the case, I hope it's not the point to where it takes her out. But I'm picking Thunder. Yep. Next one, the uh, AEW World Championship match between Ad- Hangman Adam Page and CM Punk. This one, very interested to see what happens. Um, there's 13 matches on this card. Wow, it's going to be a long night. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping the pre-show gets a few of those. Uh, maybe Darby and O'Reilly are, are you know on the pre-show, and maybe you know two others because there's a lot. Um, but uh, I am actually going to go with CM Punk winning this, and it's not because I think Hangman's been a bad champ. It's not that I think Paige uh, should lose the title even. It's that I think if Punk gets that belt... We're going to see heel CM Punk, and heel CM Punk is best CM Punk. He knows how to, he can play heel in a lot of different ways. He was, you know, the straight edge superstar, I'm better than you, is is something he established really well mm-hmm. before MJF. And I mean, there's others even before Punk, but he's the one that really took the mantle of that. Also, I think Punk, the way he was playing disingenuous of, I don't know why you're taking this personal. Right. We called that gaslighting. I would love to see a gaslighting CM Punk. I think he could play that really well and have a good run with it. Also, I think if Punk gets that belt, I do believe Eddie Kingston takes it off of him. Not immediately, but somewhere down the line. Because their first match was great. Yeah. I love the opening part of just, uh, you know, Kingston knocks him out, and he's so happy with revenge. That's what uh, Kingston wanted in that match was revenge. He didn't want to beat Punk. He wanted revenge. So he got the revenge. Then if they were to face off again, Kingston's like, hey, I got my revenge last time. Now I want your belt. Mm -hmm. That could then be a really cool feud to watch. And, And so that's my hope. I think Paige, though, also he can take a loss, and he can maybe add a new wrinkle as well along with Adam Cole. And really create something special for him to continue on. Be it with the Dark Order, be it some uh, doing something else on that roster. He is so uh, such a staple of AEW, and I'd like to see him continue to be a part of it. And by adding a new wrinkle, he can do that. Uh, I think Paige goes over. Okay, um, maybe even a um, a heel turn for Paige. Why is that? The crowd loves CM Punk. Turning him heel is going to be really difficult, and this is kind of his swan song in a way. Like, this is his tour. It is? Come on, man. He's a wrestler. You can never... We I... thought he was done, and then he came back. Yeah, I think he still wants to be face. This is my feeling. I think this match, whether Paige loses or wins, is going to change Paige in some so, way. So, I will say this. Paige got... He did get a somewhat negative reaction in the last that, last one, uh-huh. but he hasn't been getting them everywhere. No. He gets a lot of very good responses. So that was probably the first time he got any sort of negative response. I don't think Tony Khan would go, oh, one negative response, time to turn heel. I, I think you're right, though, that Paige needs something. Yes. And I think if he decimates CM Punk or even... And after match brawl or doesn't shake his hand, you could really 
start that turn with Paige. Well, see, the interesting thing, too, is then at that point, you have to start looking at baby faces to challenge. Uh-huh. And so I he's already beaten Danielson, so you can't have him face Danielson. Mm-hmm. I guess you could do Moxley, but Moxley held the belt not too long ago. I don't think they want to give it back to Moxley. No. Maybe then Eddie Kingston, but Kingston still needs a little more build, just a little bit. I think he needs a, a feud where he goes over big one on one, be it against you know a, you know a myriad of different guys that he could face. So I think you could do that. The problem is there's a lot better heels lined up for Page to face if he were to continue. Mm-hmm. I would love to see MJF. I think that would be fantastic. By the way, I did hear this theory from Meltzer: if MJF doesn't show up tonight. Well, what do you do with Wardlow? Do you just not have him do anything? So, so the suggestion was make it a triple threat. Wardlow comes in, and you could make Wardlow the biggest star coming out of that. He wins the belt, and it doesn't have to be a long reign because you could have him lose it off someone else because, hey, oh, hey, he's an inexperienced champion. That's an easy out. Or MJF says, all right, I made a mistake, comes back, screws Wardlow over the belt, he drops it, and then you can even have that even bigger buildup of MJF and Wardlow in a match. Yeah. So, um, if if that it'll be interesting to see if MJF shows up. Mm-hmm. It'll be even very. It'll be just as interesting to see how that world title match plays I, out. I think definitely it's going to be a turning point for both guys. Yeah, for Page and, and Punk. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It. Uh, I hope there is creative in line for okay. Here's how we see this go. And we have you going these directions afterwards. Because I know one big frustration of WWE wrestlers is, okay, cool. So what am I doing after this? Oh, we don't know. We don't know. Here, here's the same match. Three times. You know, we had, a, you had the match on the pay-per-view. Now we're going to continue this for the next pay-per-view. And you're going to have a match tonight on Raw. A, a, like Seth Rollins and Cody. So. Yeah, like everyone's making a big deal about. I saw an article that, oh, there's a turn in the locker room with AEW. They seem more responsive going WWE. And I'm like, are they not watching? The Cody, uh, yeah, he's becoming a big deal, but he just had the same match three times in a row. I would say like it's okay. hard to kind of buy what you read on the internet, especially on right. Reddit. And you know what? Maybe it's true, but, um, you know... We all know that wrestling journalists aren't the most reliable. Well, they the, try. Some try. Right. But oftentimes they are very wrong. Yep. Everything with Cody even showed that. Like, oh, it's all a work. Don't, it's all a work. It's all going to get worked out. Uh, Now it's not. Now it's not. So. I mean, Cody's definitely going to get the belt and who knows what will happen. Yeah, cool. I, I won't be watching until WWE gets out of Saudi Arabia shows. Yeah, so. absolutely. So. Yeah, he's going to be the unite the belt for his daddy. Yeah, for his daddy, baby. I mean, it's already undisputed. He Reigns is holding the two titles, but I think he'll have a new belt. That's very different for Vince to bring someone in from a different company and then give him the top belt. That's why I don't necessarily believe it. I think you have you bring him in as a credible threat to Roman and then drop it and, and then lose to uh, Roman. Because that's the typical way promoters do it. Otherwise, then you just say, well, hey, they have the battle wrestlers over there. So I get the battle guys and they beat our top guys. It just doesn't look as good. So it could. But I think Cody might need to lose one. Add a wrinkle. Add a a WWE note, per se, to his uh, character. And then take it. Gets, you know, his, his flowers in that regard. Because it's very bad business to 
put the top belt in your company on a guy who was just wrestling at a different company and wasn't even going to be challenging for their title. So. Uh, you say that, but then uh, he's a traitor to that company. And to have the carrot and the stick, hey, if you want to sign with us, we'll make you a top guy. Yeah, but then all of your guys in the back of your locker room are like, yeah, who cares? You're signing the contract. Do you want to sit in catering? Have a nice day. Uh, cool. Then you have Sasha Banks walking out again. Then you get more people walking out. And who's been suspended without pay. That's like fine. they're they're setting it up where like if you want to mouth off on us, okay, bye. Well, the the one mistake <laughs> they made was walking out during the show. Right. I think if they wouldn't have done that during the show, they would have been like, oh, okay, we're suspending you. They can't do then the without pay because they're not promo- they can't say, well, we were promoted. Right. Did that so WWE can withhold pay for that because you didn't make a promoted appearance. If you do that then before any promoted appearances, then you're just suspended at that point and you're sitting at home. That's the mistake Sasha and Naomi made on that. So. I mean, WWE, where they'll suspend the wrestlers for no-showing, but then promote a huge match and then be like, never mind. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> They've done that a lot. So, yeah, I just if they do that with Cody, hey, by all means, that doesn't really interest me personally because... Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't, don't know how much I care, honestly. Yeah, yeah, but good for him. I mean, he's getting that, but at the same time... Um, I guess that kind of shows the lack of depth in WWE right now. You have to bring someone else in to win your title. Yeah. Because you didn't build anyone else up big enough. Who do they have? No one. I mean, Roman there's guys There's guys that I would have loved to have seen have that opportunity, like a Kevin Owens, uh, to get another chance at that, but he's not going to. Nope. Uh, uh, McIntyre's great. I think he's maybe a, the sword thing. I'm like, why are you bringing a sword? You're not going to use it. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird gimmick to, to work with. Yeah. Um, I mean, Lashley, I'm not interested in. Yeah. God bless him. I'm not. Uh, if they want to push Omos, have fun. I don't want to watch an Omos match ever. Right. Uh, or even a build with Omos. Um, mm-hmm. So I can't really think of too many guys. I, I know I'm missing guys, but. Well, you have um, like the AJ Styles. who is Styles a, is always great. Uh, may say, but. He just had the world title not too long ago. Yeah, and they might want to add a wrinkle to his game at this point. Uh, so I think he's well. You he just signed like a three-year contract, didn't you? Yeah. So maybe at some point he'll have to change it up a little bit. There's always a little bit you have to change up. If anyone's proven that, it's Jericho. Mm-hmm. That man could have rested on his laurels and done the list for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. Instead. He's got a, it's like he comes out with a brand new album for you to be like, oh, this is a good different album entirely. Well, he, he's a wizard now. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I think it's ridiculous, yet it works. Oh, it's Jericho. And also uh, Menard's Jericho Appreciation Society. Like he, he Canadian hockey dads it up so much. Oh, those two it's are great. awesome. They, did you hear the list of names they had before that are, or after that they were trying to come up for their new names? <laughs> I haven't heard it. So it's on Talk is Jericho. Great podcast. Uh, listen for the it's the entire group. And Menards was ridiculous. So the, the first name he came up with was Summertime Matt Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Man. It was, a, it was a, a prime rib Matt Lee. <laughs> Matt. Prime, prime rib Matt. Uh, uh, fine wine Matt. Something like that. But Summertime <laughs> Matt Lee is or, uh, Matt Parker. Matt Lee. Whatever it is. And whatever it is. Now it's Matt Menard. Anyways, I laughed so hard at that. That's funny. Yeah. Well, I think that's we've covered a lot. We went a lot of different directions. We but did. We had, we had some fun. We did. I had a lot of fun. Nice man. Well, I guess we're gonna call it. We'll see you guys next week. Yep. 
And that's all. Love you guys. Happy Memorial Day. Love you. Bye. Love you, Granny. Hi, Corey.